And, you know, someone challenged me once and said, hey, if the church was perfect, there'd be no place for you. And it just really resonated because every generation has a role to play. And it's not the exact same role. And so anyone who's young listening, you know, if you feel like, man, there's gaps here, I see so many gaps. Just remember that if the church is perfect, there'd be no place for you. This is Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. Before we begin this interview, I want to tell you, first of all, that we've got some exciting news. At least it's exciting to us and probably you too. We just passed 4 million downloads on the Charisma Podcast Network, and I give all the glory, honor, and praise to God for what he's done with this podcast. It was just an idea just a couple of years ago, a little over two, two and a half years ago when we began this, and God has just blown it up mainly because of the great guests that we have, the, the kinds of people that want to be on our podcast network, and then have such great stories to tell and such meaningful insight. So we're just thankful. We have many successful programs, many successful people on this network. And we're thankful for all of them. And so now I get to introduce my guest. And of all the people that I've ever introduced on this network, uh, this young man is probably so close to my heart I can't describe it. I refer to him as Pastor Tommy. He's a pastor in Zimbabwe. Uh, that's right, the, the country of Zimbabwe. We're talking to Pastor Tommy now from Zimbabwe. So first of all, Pastor, welcome to the podcast. Man, Dr. Green, and uh, it is so good to be here. And congratulations on the 4 million downloads. You are definitely worth listening to, and you're a hero in my books, and I know you're a hero to so many other people. So, so good to be on, on a podcast with one of my heroes. Well, thank you, Pastor. That means a lot to me. I feel the same way about you. I know you're up to a lot. I want to just give a little briefing of how I met you, how we became friends and connected in the kingdom. Most importantly, I met you at Oral Roberts University in a classroom. Then I had the honor of being your teacher in a couple of classes. We became friends and so many things, as God always does. He takes meaningful people in a meaningful relationship and multiplies that relationship beyond what anyone could imagine. And Pastor Tommy is responsible for my visit to Zimbabwe that you often hear me talk about. It's because of him and his relationship, and of course his father as a pastor there in Zim, to bring me and my wife to this great country, very oppressed country. But I got to see something that changed my life. And I don't know of anyone who comes to Zim that doesn't leave saying, uh, my life was will never be the same. It was It hasn't been the same since we left. And I, I give a lot of that. I, it's why I'm so close to you, Tommy, that I'll never forget those weeks in Zimbabwe. Yeah. And you know what? The deposit that you left here, just in giving to our nation, teaching in the nation has just continued to stay and remain. And I remember that I got my entrepreneurship kind of bug, if we want to call it, yes. from you in the classes at Oral Roberts. And so many businesses have started in Zimbabwe because of that seed that you planted. And so it just continues to multiply, man. Isn't that amazing, Pastor? I mean, it's just when you think of what God did with that, little chance meeting in a class. Yeah. And then we went on and worked together, did a lot of things together, and God continued to multiply that seed of entrepreneurship in you. And I want to talk about some of the latest fruit I've heard about. You've got a phenomenal stadium ministry. So I can barely explain it. So I'd really like you to spend a little time telling me how God planted this in your heart, what it's become, and what are you up to with the stadium ministry? 
Yeah, no, Doc, it's been incredible. And if I go on a tangent, just pull me back. But I'll kind of tell you the story of how stadium worship began. Go for it. You know, in Zimbabwe, it's been in the press nation. So for years and years, we've had one of the longest standing dictators in the world who's been our president. And we've had 80% unemployment. So 80% of our population doesn't have a job or any security. We've had food shortages. Our money's locked. In fact, I think it was Forbes magazine said that we're the hardest nation to live in on the planet, like mm. the second hardest right after like Iraq or Afghanistan. And so it's just been one of those things where so many people have prophesied over Zimbabwe. So many people have met Jesus in Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. and it's 80% Christian. So I was like, Lord, there's got to be a correlation from us being 80% Christian to seeing your power and your kingdom in our nation. Yes. And, you know, my dad's been serving in the nation since he was 24, and so our family's been there for 35 years. You were raised in Zimbabwe. So, yeah. So I was born in Zimbabwe, raised in Zimbabwe. And you believe in God, you believe in the Bible, and you believe that the power of the kingdom can change a nation, but then you keep seeing all this mess, you know? And you walk into churches, churches are full, but they're full of Christians who are trying to steal to get by, or they're full of Christians who know how to lie, you know, to swindle a deal from you. How many people do you have attending your church right now, Celebration? So right now on the different campuses, we have 12,000 people that attend, and we have a few different campuses. That's just in Zimbabwe. Right. And then a few different campuses outside of Zimbabwe, too. Okay, well, go ahead with your story. So two years ago, Doc, I was really wrestling with this because so many people left the country because they can't earn a living. Everywhere you go on the streets, in different homes, people are looking for jobs. They're literally dying. And so I was in a plane coming back from a business conference. And all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit hit me. And I'm sitting next to two strangers, and I just start crying because I see this vision. And they think I'm crazy, so I, you know, they, they stop talking to me. Hmm. But I see this vision of a stadium filled with young people and all holding hands and God lighting a fire and a destiny. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to start lighting a fire in a generation where the, the giftings that were once suppressed are going to come alight the passions and callings that were once dead are going to come back to life. And there was a stadium full of young people and a huge response to living the call for Jesus, you know, wholeheartedly for the nation. And then the vision sort of panned to the stage where there was this big choir and this big stage. And all these pastors from different denominations were kind of holding hands and just lifting up one name. And I was like, God, what does this mean? Can this even happen? And I felt like God said that where there's unity... I'll have a commanded blessing. And I was like, okay, Lord, what does a commanded blessing mean? And I felt the Holy Spirit say that it's a blessing that nothing can interfere with. So I was like, okay, let me start getting some confirmation. God, I'm going to run with this. And you know when God shows you something and you can't just pass it off as like a good idea? Right. This thing was burning on the inside of me. So I started going to a lot of different pastors' sons in the city, different guys who were involved in ministry and in the young generation, and it started resonating with all of them across the nation. They were saying, we're into this. We want to be part of this. This is what our generation needs. We want to see it, the power of God touch all of our friends, all of our schools, all of our cities. And all of a sudden, God started bringing in relationships. And I'm telling you, Doc, where there used to be like weird church perceptions or division between denominations, all of a sudden it became one big family. 
Oh, and we had hundreds of churches join the first night. I mean, I'm, I'm speeding up the process here. But anyway, long story short, we got funding for it. There were hundreds of churches. There was between fifteen and 18,000 people that came in this open-air stadium. And it's never been the same since in the church world. There, four months after this, Doc, four months, we see a whole change in the nation where now the entire nation comes together and does a peace march, and we see a change in leadership. This is four months after the church comes together and lifts up one name, puts all brands aside, puts all egos aside. And here's the thing about the night is we didn't introduce anybody. So we didn't have like, here's Bishop so-and-so or Pastor so-and-so. We just had one big night where we worshiped and prayed, and Jesus was lifted up. Four months later, we see a transition in the entire leadership of the nation where people come march in the streets as a peaceful march and there's a peaceful transition with a dictator which never happens mm-hmm. and it was incredible so all these pastors are saying we feel like the church coming together had an effect on how the nation transitioned and anyway so that was the start of stadium worship and it's been an incredible journey so tell me i just saw a picture from you within the last few days from one of these stadium events. Tell me what happens in that stadium event for all the pastors who are listening. What are you doing inside the stadium and why are you packing it out? And like, what kind of numbers are you getting? So it's an open air stadium. And last one we got was 15,000 people plus 2,000 volunteers. And this has been a nation, Doc, where people haven't really united around the cause of Christ. Everyone's been really concerned about their church brand, their church logo. And we're just seeing those walls come down. So what we do on the night is there's a 450-member choir. So just picture that. Is your mother leading it? Is Pastor Bonnie leading it? Okay, so we have so many different worship leaders as well. Okay. So the idea is we have a rotation of worship leaders. We have different young and old pastors coming in to just declare some things, people in the marketplace, just to declare affirmations over the nation and speak to the nation. And then it's just interlude with worship and choir music and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And and at the end, we have, you know, an altar call. Your band is playing as well, right? I saw you, you and your brother on the platform. Yeah, you know Danny's going to be there on the keys. Of course. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's fun because we have, again, black, white, Indian, colored, yes. everyone from different denominations in this band. And everyone looks up and they're like, okay, so what church is this? It's not one church. It's, we're all together. It's, it's really it doesn't the matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yes. So how many decisions did you see made over this weekend? So what was amazing this weekend, we had, well, we called them SWAT teams who were in the, in the crowd the entire night, and they were leading people to Jesus left, right, and center. So we made it about a relational connection as opposed to a big call to the front. So when people put up their hands, we had guys in the crowd going to meet them, pray with them, and invite them to church the next day, mm. whichever church you were a part of. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. We prayed for healing, Doc, and get this. So people would bring in testimonies of healing throughout the night as well. And I mean, one lady came up, and she was struggling with fibroids, and completely came up, like, just started rejoicing, like, everything's gone, the pain's gone. And so we heard multiple testimonies coming from all over the place, and not only that, we had one of the largest radio stations in the country. They had the whole thing live to villages and cities across the entire nation of Zimbabwe. 
So it was beyond just the actual stadium. Wow. Pastor, what do you see happening next? Where are you taking this? What's God doing? So it's interesting, Doc, because this last stadium event we had, we called it Kingdom Nation. Okay. And we've got a hold of the people here saying, we've seen an 80% Christian nation, but God, we, we want to see now a Kingdom Nation where we see your power every day in our lives, where we see your love and compassion, where we don't see people go hungry, but we see more forgiveness. We, we see more giving. So what has happened, Doc, is everyone has, all these ministry and pastors have now become like closer friends. So everyone's starting to help each other. And we've been getting calls from Mozambique and South Africa and the Congo saying, we need to see unity in our churches and our nations. We need to see the hearts of the church come together and lift up one name and not worry about egos, not worry about denominations and introductions. So, yeah, I heard someone say this, no logos and no egos brings Jesus higher. Yeah, we could practice that in the States here, and that would be a better thing, too. That would be good. Yeah, but, but I don't know, Doc. What does it sound like to you, you know, listening to this from, from a U.S. standpoint? I mean, I think youth pastors all over the country that are going to hear this podcast would say, you know, I want to find out more about the operations, the details, how you pull it off. But what pastor in what big city in America or what city the size of Harare, I assume that's where you had it, right? In Harare? In Harare, yes. So what size area wouldn't just love to have all the churches come together, all the youth groups come together, and young people from the community, and have this kind of event that was free of logos and egos? Who wouldn't want that, Pastor? Yeah. Well, there's some people that didn't think it could happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Doc, opposition comes in different forms. So there was one pastor I was talking to, and they said, you know, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but you should probably just kind of down and people have tried to do this before and it doesn't work so you know well done for thinking about it and here's the thing you know when God shows you something and, and his heart is to unite people more than we want to unite people I think sometimes we think we're doing God a favor and God's like I want this to happen and he showed the vision I said yes we stepped out in faith and there was abundance mm-hmm. and that's what happened and I think sometimes we just have to say yes to God and Lord, I know this is on your heart. I know you want to see your church united. There's such a blessing that comes with that. Yes. And, you know, the enemy's not going to be happy about that because he'll try and stop you so many different ways. Yes, sir. Pastor, I can't let you off the phone without you telling me about how Rachel's doing, how your family is. I know your story. It's, it is a supernatural love story. I saw it come together. saw it happen. Now you have four children. You two have been blessed by God in so many ways. So how's Rachel? No, Rachel is absolutely fantastic. In fact, she's like in the other room and I'm watching her just get ready for tomorrow with the kids. But kids are great. We have four kids, Doc. And let me just say, I know you were part of us meeting. We actually met in your church. And I just want to tell anyone who's single out there thinking that maybe there's someone else out there for them, Dr. Green is an amazing matchmaker. So if you just keep listening to his podcast, at some point there'll be some connection God brings. But Doc, you know, we met in your church and we're just so grateful for the role you played. It was an amazing experience. And, you know, I wasn't the matchmaker. The Holy Spirit made this match. All I did was get you both in the same room <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Actually, I met with Rachel privately and you privately and said, okay, the Spirit of God says this is going to happen. And then y'all took it from there. It was easy. 
Yeah, I know. What a phenomenal story. It I is, mean, and really, sometimes... Yeah, that was such an amazing time. I'd like to have both of you on, if we could get you on a speakerphone there at your house, where both of you could talk at the same time. What I'd love to do is to have your story told about Charisma, and obviously I'd love to write about it, because I still think it's very unique, very special, and some very private things that you all went through to get to the holy matrimony stage, and God really pulled you through it. It was a, just an amazing miracle. It, it really was a miracle, and it's lived on. So it didn't. It just wasn't just a miracle. The miracles continue to live on, and we have four beautiful children. And what does someone in Ohio, you know, mm-hmm. who's grown up in Ohio, have to do with someone who's grown up in deep, dark Zimbabwe, Africa? And God knows, and He connected it, and it was it was incredible. And you played a big role in that. Well, I'm thankful that God used me, and so proud of you too. I think before we go, I'd love to close the podcast with some thoughts for you. I try to do this at the end of every podcast and share with me, you're in a leadership position now. Your father is a terrific leader, one of the finest leaders probably that you've ever been around or know. And certainly for me, he's an amazing leader, amazing man of God, has written so much on the kingdom of God, the man of God concept that uh, he's taught so many. So over your short years, but effective years and very Uh, learning years. You've just been at the foot of the cross learning so much about entrepreneurship and leadership of young people there in Zim. Tell me, what advice would you give to young pastors, say around your age, 20s, 30s, that group of leaders? Tell me what you've learned about leadership at this stage of life. That's a big question, but I'll give three thoughts. One thought is that as a young pastor, I always used to look at the church like there were so many gaps in the church. Like, how come this is not like this? How come we can't be better here? Why do we have these kind of weird people in the church? And, and you know, someone challenged me once and said, hey, if the church was perfect, there'd be no place for you. And it just really resonated because every generation has a role to play. And it's not the exact same role. And so anyone who's young listening, you know, if you feel like, man, there's gaps here. I see so many gaps. Just remember that if the church is perfect, there'd be no place for you. The second thing is culture is just as important as strategy. Culture is just important in strategy. And one of the things we've really tried to change in our church and in our leaders is let's have a good culture so that when the strategy is there, we can navigate the strategy as things change. And we've really started to focus on, is our culture right? Do we have a culture of love? Do we have a culture of respect? Do we have a culture of honor? And then the strategy kind of takes care of itself because, you know, we're operating at the speed of trust. Um, I've realized that if you don't have trust, it's hard to make any strategy work. And so we, we spend a lot of time working on trust uh, within the organization and within the teams that we do. And then thirdly, this is because I'm, I come from a family of dreamers, yes. is uh, just dream dreams that scare people. My dad, he built the first sort of mega church in Zimbabwe as a young white guy, 24 years old, with a guitar and a backpack, called by God into Zimbabwe. He thought Rhodesia was off the coast of Rhode Island you know, <laughs> when he heard God's voice in Denver. And he was like, well, let me just go to Rhode Island. You know the story. Yes. And he steps out, he comes to a nation, builds a multiracial church. I mean, God's grace is huge. And the whole time people are insulting him, saying, why would you do this? This is dumb. You yank, go back to America. Uh-huh. But now, 35 years later, we're seeing God touch nations and touch churches across Southern Africa. So, yeah, dream dreams that make other people think you're crazy. That's such a good word. Yeah, kind of come off the top of my head, but yeah, Doc, 
We, we love you lots, man. I uh, love you too, Pastor. And It's just an honor to be to talk to you. Your work is amazing, and I'm so proud of you. And let's just let this be the beginning. We've got another at least two or three podcasts between us that we need to talk through some things. And I want our audience to get to know you and begin to pray for Zimbabwe. Anyone listening to this podcast, pray for the government of Zimbabwe. Pastor, are you still on one of the, the lead teams, the cabinet? Yeah, so it's interesting because we started a media company, and our media company has been doing really powerful films and videos to help shape the nation's direction. And yeah, we're still doing a lot of work with the Office of the President. So it's an interesting time because we're really trying to infuse everything we do with the Holy Spirit. We're trying to infuse everything we do with vision, God's vision and principles. And so it's, it's an exciting time, and there's so much ahead for us as a nation. Right. So I'm going to ask again for all of our listeners, pray for the government of Zimbabwe, pray for Pastor Tommy, pray for Celebration Church, for the stadium ministry, for these young people like Tommy who are, really don't have to stay there, could be about anywhere. They're so talented, so gifted, but God has called them and planted them in Harare, Zimbabwe. And for that, we must support them in prayer. Give them every type of support we possibly can. And just on any thought of Africa, I always think about the pastors there in Zimbabwe. Lift them up and pray that their prayers are answered. So, Pastor, again, thank you for joining the podcast. God bless you, and we love you so much. Thank you, Doc. We love you guys, too, and really appreciate everything you're doing at Charisma. You guys are awesome. Thank you. You've been listening to Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you all. The horrible truth is that children are being bought and sold for sex in the United States every minute of every day. But people of faith are mobilizing to stop this nightmare, starting in their own communities. The Shared Hope International Just Faith Summit is a three-day conference hosted at Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota, June 20th through the 22nd. Join with like-minded individuals who share your passion for justice and your commitment to end the sexual exploitation of children and youth. This interactive event is designed to equip, connect, and inspire people of faith. To learn more about the issue of human trafficking and what individuals and communities can do to stop this horrific crime, visit JustFaithSummit.org to find out more and to register now. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.